Consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Okay, stand by. Broadcasting from the Cruise Radio Studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, I'm Matt Basford. And I'm Doug Parker. Vacation is over. Cruise news updates back on the website, cruiseradio.net. You can check it out there and subscribe to them in the upper right-hand corner. We've got an app. Just search Cruise Radio Live in your app store. And just so you know, the app for the iPhone is free. Yeah, it is free. And last week alone, 1,300 downloads. So thank you for downloading that. On this show, listener Sean Ford, a.k.a. Cruiseman3000, joins us with his review of Norwegian Dawn. But first, Stuart Shearer on the Cruise Guys here. Hello, Stuart. Hey, Doug. Hey, Matt. Hey, man. Hey, uh, Happy New Year. Yeah, right back at you. Thanks. Disney Wonder calls to Costa Maya, Mexico for the first time. That's the Disney ship out of Miami, right? Well, uh, when it called in Costa Maya, it was actually doing the uh, Panama Canal cruise after saying uh, adios to Los Angeles. So um, it did stop in Costa Maya and began uh, sailing out of Miami, doing four and five night on December 23rd. So the ship's going to be based in Miami. Is that is that pretty big for Disney to be down in Miami? Is it the first time they've been down there? It's the first time Disney's called at uh, another Florida port mm-hmm. in their, uh, you know, what, 14-year history. And uh, it's big news because they're going to be picking up on the, you know, a lot of the uh, international passengers, you know, international people that are coming in and out of Miami. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that Miami International Airport has the highest frequency, ha- highest number of f- international flights in the whole United States. So Disney's trying to capitalize on that, and I think they're going to be surprised about how many people actually um, will book those uh, additional uh, nights at Walt Disney World uh, besides spending a few extra nights before and after in Miami. Is Miami cheaper than flying into Orlando? Oh, yeah. Is it? Significantly less expensive. And, and a higher frequency of flights and larger aircraft. Interesting. Carnival released fourth quarter earnings uh, last week. It looks like 2013 is going to be the year for recovery, is what the CEO said. Yeah, they said, uh, Mickey Harrison said that 2012 was by far the company's most challenging year in the history of Carnival Corporation. But uh, things are looking better. I mean, they, they did have some good cost savings uh, on, on their just their corporate expenses. Uh, fuel expenses were a, l- a little down than what they uh, forecasted. Um, as of now, the United States market is, you know, the North American market is is doing well. Bookings are a little bit behind where they were same time last year. But the good news for them, for them that the prices are actually a little higher. So uh, things are looking uh, up for 2013, which is, you know, essentially a year after the uh, Casa Concordia. Norwegian released 2014 itineraries for 2014. Looks like... Home ports are going to be pretty popular. Yeah, I think that was, what, uh, 2020, actually, all the way up through 2025? <laughs> no, just kidding. Ah. But uh, they, they are they are look, you know, they are essentially just more of the same of what they're doing now. Uh, they're also going to be including some seasonal uh, sailings uh, out of Los Angeles. But uh, sorry, Mobile, uh, you weren't in the cut. Uh, but, you know, they are going to be sticking uh, to uh, New Orleans uh, for that uh, Gulf Coast uh, itinerary. And uh, it's just, you know, for them, it's just kind of more of the same. Um, and as they, you know, by that point, they will have introduced two of their three uh, brand-new ships that are coming out between uh, 2013 and 2016. So they're just kind of, you know, shoring, shoring their uh, different home ports up. Carnival expands West Coast sailings. Is Pacific Mexico suddenly trending again? No. <laughs> huh. And that's, that, that was the, I mean, it just seems like, you know, the people out there in Los Angeles uh, kind of live under a rock or they may have their head stuck in a buoy. 
And uh, what, what Carnival's doing is, one, in 2013, essentially in January, uh, Carnival Splendor is discontinuing its uh, service from Los Angeles or Long Beach and is essentially going to be doing a South America cruise heading over to New York. So, and it will be replaced by Carnival Miracle, which will have a few, a uh, couple of Mexican Riviera sailings, some Hawaii sailings uh, before she heads up to Alaska. Uh, so, actually, 2013 will be the first year that Carnival does not have a seven-night Mexican Riviera, uh, year, you know, year-round, in probably 20 years. So, uh, and, the, and the ship will come back, uh, you know, in the fall. But uh, they, they will not have year-round. Um, seven-night sailings to the Mexican Riviera, um, essentially beginning in January. So it will be seasonal service. And what Carnival has found that their three- and four-night ships uh, are doing pretty well. So what they're going to do um, is they're going to have two uh, Carnival ships doing three- and four-night, one leaving on a Thursday, the other one leaving on a Friday, and you know coming back on uh, Sunday and Monday, and then uh, you know kind of doing that schedule uh, year- on a year-round basis. Mm. So um, it's 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 that kind of a market. It should probably bring in about uh, you know maybe a half a million passengers, which is about a half a million short than what Long Beach was uh, anticipating. Because I don't think they uh, remembered uh, that uh, Carnival Splendor is leaving, so they won't have year-round service on seven-night sailing. So I've got to ask: Is this whole like Mexico is scary thing starting to pass with the cruise lines? Because I've noticed a couple of more cruise lines going into places like Mazatlan into 2014. Well, I mean, they're hoping by that point, Doug, that uh, more, you know, there, there are other actions will be taken to ensure the safety uh, and, and comfort levels of, of the cruise lines and the cruise passengers. So by that point, and, you know, essentially a year and change, that, uh, you know, it will be, uh, the market will be stabilized and more ships will, in fact, return to Mazatlan. This way we're not doing the two nights in Cabo San Lucas or maybe yeah. a couple nights in Puerto Vallarta. Royal Caribbean announces all-inclusive drink packages. That's cool, and a little little cheaper than the other lines. It looks like. Yeah, I mean the uh, you know the drink like a Norwegian packages uh, you know are all kind of in the you know forty five to fifty dollar per person per day range. So you know essentially you know in order to break even you know as we said before you're gonna you know the the break even point is uh, you have to drink a minimum of five drinks per person per day. But um, you know I guess you know they're kind of seeing how how it's going. It doesn't take a, a huge amount of effort to implement it fleet wide. So I guess they, you know, as of now, you know, more people are doing it, and you know, they'll kind of see what kind of results there are as far as administering the program, and are they actually making anything, or you know, and, and are people drinking more as a result of it? With these lower prices than the other cruise lines, is it more bang for your buck? Well, that's that's certainly a good question. I think uh, more people will uh, essentially get more proof for the money, but I don't think uh, you know we, we may see you know some of the the one fifty ones flying off the shelves and. Uh, you know, more uh, 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 drinks, but uh, I, I don't think that, uh, I think more people are going to take advantage of the lower the lower package versus the higher package because, you, know, you know, like the absolute for vodka uh, is going to be more in line with uh, what they want than the, uh, you know, some of the other stuff. Royal Caribbean Serenade of the Seas is at a dry dock. What's new? Well, uh, she's uh, got a, just had a $29 million facelift uh, nice. in Cadiz, Spain. So she, uh, you know, as, as her previous, uh, some of her sister ships uh, have got uh, many of the dining and entertainment options, um, you know, of this uh, Radiance-class ship. And uh, so she's got, the, what, I guess five new restaurants, which uh, includes one of my favorite restaurants, uh, the Italian uh, Giovanni's Table, which is really terrific. And, I mean, it's a heck of a bargain at uh, $15 for lunch and $20 for dinner. 
uh, considering, uh, you know, if you like steaks, um, you know, you could save essentially $20 per person because it's the same exact uh, filet mignon that they would be serving in chops. So uh, in addition to that, uh, they added the Asian restaurant called uh, Zumi, which is just incredibly popular. And, uh, you know, the Park Cafe and, you know, some of the Rita's Cantina, you know, with for Mexican food. And, uh, it's I mean, the chef's table. Uh, so it's it's doing well. The Centrum area got the uh, entertainment you know, with the uh, the high flying uh, you know, acrobatics uh, that we uh, you know that have done on other ships that I saw on Grandeur of the Seas, which was pretty amazing. Uh, you know, for their you know their sweet passengers, they 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 did add the Concierge Club, which is very popular on the Voyager, Freedom and Oasis class ships, as well as a lounge for the uh, Diamond Club, uh, which are the the highest um, tier of the Crown and Anchor uh, Society. So. You know, they, they did that, and for pastors looking to bring their babies, they did add the, the Royal Babies uh, program, so now they can accommodate uh, young passengers as young as six months old. This next question off Facebook from Jen from Knoxville, Tennessee. We're driving down to catch a cruise on Carnival Breeze for our honeymoon. Do you recommend staying in Miami pre-night or post-night? Well, I would definitely recommend coming in before, because this way you can you know, have a nice relaxing uh, morning uh, before the cruise. And, you know, you don't have to be, uh, you know, the first one in line for the buffet, so you can have a nice little, you know, mid-morning, early afternoon and not have to arrive at the pier until uh, 1 or 2 when, until the, you know, when the lines uh, die down. Yeah, I guess another good reason to come in early is probably finding one of those hotels where you can park your car and then cruise, where you save a little money, huh? It, exactly. And, you know, sometimes, like, you know, when you get off the cruise, you're just ready to, you know, just kind of go home, especially when you're, you know, you're needing to uh, make that... Uh, you know, make a long drive. So uh, it's always better to get there because at least you know you're there. Bad weather isn't, uh, you know, keeping you, uh, you know, off the, sh- you know, uh, from from getting on your ship. So it's it's always a good idea to try to get there at least a day early. And you know, Miami, look, there's so many nice things to do. All right. Well, thank you, Stuart. All right. This is Cruise Radio. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. It's not just a good idea to have travel insurance during the winter months or hurricane season. Every travel agent or travel expert we talk to says it is a very smart idea to always travel with travel insurance. That's why you should check the folks out at TripInsurance.com. They have exclusive products from the leading travel insurers that you won't find anywhere else. Yeah, they are the low-cost leader in travel insurance with savings up to 40% or more when you compare similar coverage from other sources. What plan do you want to go with? Good, better, or better? They have coverage in all three categories that make it easy to find the right insurance plan for your budget. You know what defines great customer service? Actually being able to talk to a human being. And they do that at TripInsurance.com. They are committed to great customer service with 24-7 telephone support before, during, and after your trip. You can also file claims online right on their website. And they keep you posted of any travel alerts that could affect your travels or safety at your destination. Check them out right now. TripInsurance.com. 
stream us worldwide on our free iPhone app. Just search Cruise Radio Live in your app store. We finally get to speak to our guest out of Baltimore, listener Sean Ford, a.k.a. Cruiseman3000. We were a part of an article that you wrote, Sean. Yes, uh-huh, last summer. Yeah, and uh, first of all, welcome to Cruise Radio. Thank you. It's good to finally be here with you guys. <laughs> Glad to have you. By the way, where can they find that article if they want to relive our glory? Yeah, you can just go in the blog archives on the oceanescape.blogspot.com, and it'll be there under um, July 2011. Right on. Well, it's great to have you finally here on the show. And uh, you recently sailed aboard Norwegian Dawn, and uh, we want to hear all about it. I understand you flew into Boston. Is that right, from from Baltimore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We took a quick flight from, from BWI to Boston, and uh, once we landed in, in Boston, um, getting to the cruise terminal was ex- was very, very easy. Being a person who was born in a big city, who's from a big city, public transportation is definitely no stranger to me, and I have no problem using public transportation whatsoever, especially if it's going to save me some money in the long run. So um, we got off at the airport, and um, the shuttle, um, there's a the Boston Public Transportation bus picks you up right there at the airport, takes you to South Station, um, and then from South Station you get on the Silver Line bus and it drops you off right there on Black Falcon Drive, and the ship is literally right like it dropped. It couldn't get you any closer to the port. It was very convenient. That's awesome, and I love their cruise terminal there. How was your embarkation for Norwegian Dawn at Boston? Yeah, I, I love the terminal too there um, as well, Doug. And the embarkation was so easy. Like it, it was literally. I we were. Uh, part of the first few that were there that arrived to the ship, um, we checked in with the breeze, and you know, it's good to be a latitudes member with Norwegian, so I don't have to wait in the long lines and walk right on. And actually, had time to walk off the ship and grab some batteries for my camera that I forgot to bring, and then went back on the ship with without any problems. So I mean, I went on and off, you know, and it was so easy, so quick, and so breezy. And the one thing I love too is that we were the only ship there in Boston that day. I really like sailing from ports where there's only that one ship there to kind of alleviate all the extra congestion that may come from the crowd. So, like, Boston definitely is a, is a new favorite. That is nice to be the only ones there. Uh, what uh, what were your first impressions of the ship? First impressions of the ship, you know, I, I, I just got off Norwegian Star the month before, which is actually the identical sister of Norwegian Dawn and did the same exact cruise but just out of New York. And um, so I was I went into it like, okay, like I, I pretty much know like, kind of the layout of the ship and everything like that. But I was really, really impressed with um, the artwork that they had in the art gallery on board. I remember just walking around um, right by the sushi bar and um, they had carpeting on the ship and um, I love just all the, the of course, you know, who doesn't want the food um, and they had the big T-Rex on the back of the ship and the, the um, barbecue was, uh, you know, up and bumping and sail away and it was really, really good first impressions for me. Um, yeah, definitely nothing bad at all to say about the Dawn. Um, great ship. You mentioned your first impressions. What did you think of the public areas on the ship? The public areas were, were, were nice. Um, there were like a few awkward things like the gym and I, I, made, I saw this also was on the Star. The gym on the Dawn looked like it was kind of an afterthought because it was, it's like it's super small and it's like behind the buffet and you got to like up a certain stairwell to get there. It was kind of like awkwardly placed. Um, and, uh, the library was great. Um, I went in there and did some reading and they had a lot of just open seats and like window seats, like all around the ship. So it was easy for me to just find a place if I needed to retreat. Um, if I wanted to hang by the pool, um, of course, you know how it is trying to get a, 
a, a, a beach chair, um, but I managed to get one every time I wanted to get one. So no fights in the public areas, no fights with, with trying to get a spot. So I was very, very, very pleased with the wealth of, uh, of room that they had on board for everyone. Sailing out of Boston in the middle of the summertime, were there a lot of kids on board? Yes, yes, yes. There were a lot of kids, lots of family reunions, um, lots of of just everyone on the boat. Um, but yeah, kids was definitely a notable thing. I did, I did notice. Um, but they weren't, you know, I, I, I don't know if cruise ships are just becoming more strict with their policies, but I, you know, I'm noticing more and more, less and less kids running up and down hallways at night when I'm trying to sleep. So they weren't annoying kids, which is a good thing, but it seemed that everyone had a good time. Um, they, they didn't have any, they, uh, the Dawn didn't have a, like a, a, a water slide for like kind of the older kids. They only had like the little kids pool area on the back so they were just splashing in the pool the whole the whole cruise it was nice though one thing i've noticed is that when you don't see a lot of kids running around the cruise ship at all hours of the day and night it means they have a pretty good kids program yes and um they really have done um a, a great job with their kids program there on the dawn um they have the uh, first mates, the junior sailors, the navigators, and the teen programs, um, and they definitely keep the kids busy with a whole lot of things. You know, I, I mean, I remember when I was younger sailing cruises and, you know, doing the scavenger hunts and everything, and I see kids running around, you know, trying to get you to sign off on stuff, and it's just really cool to see that the kids are also having a good time and that the, the, the cruise line has invested um, a really good uh, amount of time into developing a, a good program that will keep the kids busy and, and satisfied and keep them out of their parents here, too. So you're on the ship, you've relaxed a bit, you've checked out the spaces, you've uh, had a bite to eat, and you finally make it to your cabin. Tell us about the cabin. Love the cabin on deck eight. Um, amazing ocean views. Um, very spacious on the inside. We were kind of on the corner, so we got a nice, I guess, a little nice little edge round um, with space in the room. But yeah, oh my goodness, the convenience from walking from my bed to Blue Lagoon and back was amazing. And the great thing about Blue Lagoon, too, is that it's 24 hours, so um, you don't have to worry about late-night charges uh, you know, for room service if you want to get a, a bite to eat at late at night. you know, They have to go options there at Blue Lagoon. You just walk down, grab food, and go. Just worry yeah. about the gym the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just trying to find the gym and then trying to get on a piece of equipment at the gym. That's, that's the challenge. But a, a nice walk around the deck will do. <laughs> there you go. Well, so about... A- so about a decade ago, Norwegian Cruise Line uh, pretty much invented freestyle cruising with like tons of restaurants, and mm-hmm. it wouldn't be fair to talk about Norwegian without speaking of their food. What did you think oh of the different gosh. restaurants, and uh, which ones did you try out? Oh, my goodness. Which ones didn't I try? Um, <laughs> I love, I really, really love and embrace the freestyle cruising concept. I use it to the maximum of every NCL ship that I go on. Um, of course, you know, Blue Lagoon is is, is cool. Um, it, 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 it's a no-brainer for me. I always go to Blue Lagoon. Norwegian Dawn actually had 14 different dining options aboard, and six of them are at no additional charge. Um, some of them do cover uh, acts for covered charges. Um, across from... Um, where the Blue Lagoon is located on deck eight is um, the uh, it's, it's the steakhouse, which is absolutely just like oh my goodness! You get a salad, uh, you get salad bar, and they bring the meat out to you, and they just keep bringing more and more and more, and it is so good. But the one restaurant that really was the showstopper, well, there was two, but one restaurant that was really a showstopper on board was La Biche. And La Bistro was like sold out pretty much every night. It was like the first night, if you booked for one night, then that's the one night you need to hold on and cherish to because 
word was getting around the ship that this place was just that good. And then, of course, the tapenaki where they cook the food in front of you, that also um, was, a, was a sellout the entire weekend. As, so was La Cucina with the Italian restaurant, and Le Bistro is a French-style uh, French uh, food. But, yeah, the food on there, and then, of course, you got the buffets, and you can get room service if you want, but um, and they have two dining rooms on board as well if you want traditional dining. So I, I love just the versatility that they offer when it comes to food and eating, um, especially when it comes at, you know, such a, oh, so, oh, goodness, I could just go on and on. My mouth is watering mm. now. Did you find that the price point was fair for the specialty dining venues? Well, for some of them, yes. And for some of them, I was like, really, NCL? Like, come on, like, you could give me $5 off of that. Um, I, um, I thought that, like, Le Bistro and um, La Cucina um, were reasonably priced. Um, places like Tapanyaki, because they are a little more, um, I guess, popular, have more of the of the price tag. And you know, and you know, I'm thinking about this. You know, I mean, I don't cruise with you know, well, some to well, I will be next year, but normally I don't cruise with you know a big family. And you know, I'm thinking like, what if a family wanted to have like a family dinner? Like, I mean, whoa, that would really add up, you know. So, um, I think you know. Treat yourself to one of the specialty restaurants. I mean, it's what NCL is known for. It's what they do. They know they're known for having all these amazing, you know, dining options aboard. So at least just try one different dining option that's, you know, that you'll be reasonable to pay. Um, you don't have to try them all, but um, if you can, I mean, you definitely would get your money's worth. <laughs> let's talk about the entertainment. What did you uh, see and experience? Ooh, let's talk about the entertainment. Okay, the one thing that I really I've noticed with NCL is. Their entertainment, they're bringing a lot of land-based um, land based shows to the high seas. Um, they had uh, Second City Comedy Troupe, of course, which, right. you know, they, they started with Norwegian Epic two years ago and has been a hit and made that fleet-wide. Um, the Dancing with the Dawn Stars, which is the C version of uh, dance of ABC's Dancing with the Stars, right. which was really cool. Um, Battle of the Pans, which is, uh, I guess, NCL's version of Iron Chef America or um, Chopped or any of those Food Network, uh, you know, uh, chef competitions. Right. Where they have the secret ingredient and they have to make something. It's really cool. They do it in the atrium of the ship. So, you know, if, if you're walking by buying your photos or, you know, in one of the gift shops, you can just peek over the deck or over the balcony. And how, how, how was that? I'm, I'm a fan of the show Chopped. Did you check that out? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the show Chopped as well. What do they call that? Battle of the Pants. And yeah, it's really cool. The uh, the cruise director was the I guess. Um, well, okay, I'm going to have to use because I don't know. Like I forgot what the guy's name is on Chop, but uh, the cruise director was the Alton Brown of the of the scenario, right. the, the commentator. Um, and it was uh, they had picked uh, a guest, and uh, the guest was facing off with the captain. Oh my goodness, it was so hysterical, <laughs> and the captain was trying to get people to come up and help him and get his dish prepared and everything. And it was cool. Yeah, I peeked my head in for a little bit, and I just I kept on going about my way, but it was definitely funny because the crowd was definitely getting into it. FYI, uh, the host of Chopped is Ted Allen. Ted Ted, Allen. Ted Allen. Okay, thank Uh, you. Now you know. You'll sleep better tonight. I will. Thank Um, you for easing my mind. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, Noah, you mentioned um, uh, oh, shit. Um, You 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 mentioned Second City, but nothing like Blue Man Group. They haven't brought anything else uh, from Epic. 
No, no, Epic, yeah, no, no Blue Man Group, no Nickelodeon at Sea, no, um, no, no, any of those Epic phase. I know that they put the Nickelodeon at Sea on the Jewel and the Gem, but they haven't put it on the Dawn. Um, they also did a uh, Michael Jackson uh, tribute concert, which I really, I really enjoyed. Cool. Um, and uh, was able to leave the crowd and beat it and thriller. Nice. And it was, oh, yeah, of course, you got to show your dance moves when you're talking about the King of Pop. Please tell me you and, posted that on your site. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was loads of fun, loads of fun, and everyone singing and reminiscing. And they had the 1970s dance party, which was really cool, too. And, um, yeah, they had some really good, like, entertainment-wise. Like, I really think NCL has come a long way from when I – first started selling NCL to where they are today. It's like it's like total night and day difference. So your seven nights sailing out of Boston went to Bermuda. Now, how many ports did you hit in Bermuda, and how long did you actually stay there? This ship actually docked in just one port, which is uh, King's Wharf, Heritage Wharf. When you get there in Bermuda, they'll, they'll refer to it as the Royal Naval Dockyard. And then we stayed there for three days. Um, we left Boston Friday, was at sea on Saturday, and was there Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And we were actually there over the 4th of July weekend, which was really nice. Um, and we went to the other two ports that are known for uh, being Bermudian, Bermudian staples, which are Hamilton, Bermuda, and St. George's, Bermuda. And St. George's is where a lot of cruise ships used to go, and now they go to the Royal Naval Dockyard. Um, and uh, Hamilton also, ships used to go into there, but now only like the smaller ships, like uh, Holland America, Vendam, MS Vendam, like kind of that size, can fit in Hamilton, but nothing like the size of the Dawn, and God forbid, anything like the breakaway trying to get in there. Ooh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we went there, and and uh, stayed there for three days with the St. George's. Um, St. George's is known for um, just being a very tranquil and nice place. It's about a 45-minute ferry ride from um, where the ship docks there in Kings Wharf. I highly recommend that if you go to Bermuda that you get a three-day transportation pass or however many days your ship is in port, transportation pass. You can get a one-day, two-day, or three-day pass. And that gives you access, unlimited access to use the um, – bus and ferry system, which is pretty much the main mode of transportation there in Bermuda. Um, uh, cabs are very, very expensive. Um, I think it was like 60 bucks one way to get from uh, the ship to Hamilton, and that is like a 20-minute ferry ride. So I definitely recommend you do that. And um, Hamilton is the, the capital city, downtown, hustle and bustle. Um, they have everything from, you know, T-shirt shops to fine jewelry stores to, um, you know, bars and lounges. And the radio uh, the radio show uh, station is down there in Hamilton. And, it's, yeah, it's, it's really nice. Lastly, disembarkation. It was very interesting because, like, every cruise that I've been on, you know, the day that we're supposed to get off the ship, when I wake up, the ship is already docked in port. Not the case for Norwegian Dawn. We were still cruising at like uh, 8 o'clock in the morning wow. uh, and getting back into Boston. And so it was a little like I was like, oh, my gosh, am I going to make my flight? What's going to happen? But yeah. you know, we made the flight and everything. But, um, yeah, we um, the ship docked and they cleared us. Uh, they cleared us. One thing that I'm noticing, too, a lot is that a lot of passengers, I think, are just eager to get off the ship. So more and more people I've seen are taking advantage of the um, self-assist disembarkation. And the line was just really, really long, like wrapped around the deck trying to get off the ship. But, you know, we made it through. We got off the ship. 
um, and, you know, went back home. And so it wasn't too bad of a wait. But, um, yeah, definitely just be, be prepared on the last day um, if you plan to do self-assist debarkation that, you know, you may not be the only person who had that, who had that idea in mind. You know, it's kind of funny, Matt. When I was flying into Boston to go on Carnival Glory, he was coming to the airport. We were in the same terminal at huh. different gates, and we couldn't yeah. meet up because of the uh, security checkpoint. Damn. Yeah, we waved to each other uh, via Twitter. Huh. <laughs> right on. Listener Sean Ford is Cruise Man 3000, or as I like to call him, CM3K. <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, they can find you at theoceanescape.blogspot.com. Yep, that's correct. Very good. Thank you for sharing your experience, Sean. We really appreciate it. Thank you. It's always a pleasure listening to you guys every week. It's good to finally be on the show. All right, that's going to do it. Episode 172, the final show of 2012. Do you know we've done it for 172 weeks consistently? We haven't missed one week in 172 weeks. We don't mind patting ourselves on the back. Well, it's a a hell of an accomplishment. Yes, it certainly is. Of course. Really want to give a big thanks to some of our regular guests, Stuart Sheeran, the Cruise Guy, Chris Owen, Nancy Schredder, Teresa Norton-Masick, Chris Elliott, Ralph Grizzle, Art Sabarsky, Paul Motter, Fran Golden, Dan Askin, Carolyn Spencer-Brown, Jeff Edwards. You just like saying Art Sabarsky. Art Sabarsky. It's a fun name to say. And a good guy, too. And of course, a huge thanks to our sponsors, TripInsurance.com and ParkWest. Yeah, without them, we couldn't live this fancy life we're accustomed to. Yes, it's Chris style with Flowrider and big-bootied women in hot tubs (laughs) all night. All right. Don't forget to download our free app, Cruise Radio Live. It's in the iTunes app store for iPad, iTouches, iPods, and, of course, iPhones. Right there for you. Search Cruise Radio Live. And still a low 99 cents in your droid market. Do people still have droids? Yes. I have one now. Uh, I don't even know what they are. From the Cruise Radio studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Matt Bassford. And I'm Doug Parker. And this is Cruise Radio. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to Cruise Radio. For information on how your company can reach over 100,000 travel enthusiasts a week, email sales at cruiseradio.net. Find Cruise Radio on iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Just search Cruise Radio.